0: Hi, everybody. I'm Taylor Onion, and this is Power the Journey. As a reminder, we are continuing our student-athlete development series for the next few weeks, which will have us releasing interviews with industry leaders. Each guest will share insights and information on how they approach student-athlete development and why it's so important to the landscape of college athletics. We have an all-star lineup, as you've seen in the past couple of weeks, and I'm excited to continue that and spend these next few weeks with you as guest hosts on Power the Journey. We are powered by GamePlan with partners such as the NFL, NBA, Pac-12 and over 300 athletic organizations. GamePlan is the only all-in-one platform for total athlete development on and off the field. GamePlan is also the single largest community of student athletes seeking employment opportunities in the world. So whether you're an organization looking to create comprehensive e-learning education or an employer looking for your next star employee, ask yourself, did I game plan it? For more information, visit GamePlan at WeAreGamePlan.com. That's WeAreGamePlan.com. All right. I am so excited to get into today's conversation and interview or introduce today's guest to you, rather. Uh, Penny Semaya is the Senior Associate Athletic Director of Student Life at the University of Pittsburgh. He is a former football student athlete at Pitt has helped with numerous community programs in the Pittsburgh area, including collaborating with the Pittsburgh Public School District to initiate the We Promise program, teaming up with the Troy and Theodora Palamalu Foundation, so many things. Penny, welcome.
1: How are you? I am doing very good. I'm doing (laughs) great, Taylor. Thank you so much for having me
0: absolutely we love to hear it we love to hear it so I gave kind of a a brief overview you know of of who you are but I would love to have you start by telling us a little bit about your journey
1: yeah absolutely uh well one I, I I recognize first and foremost how blessed I've been uh I've I've been at the University of Pittsburgh and in the city of Pittsburgh for coming up on 23 years. I got here when I was 17 years old. Yes. And uh, I'll be turning 40 in uh, about a week and a half. Wow, (laughs) big one. That's a big um,
0: birthday.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a big one. It's it's a big one. But uh, my journey really started from the moment I stepped foot on campus. And uh, my experiences as a student athlete that helped shape me. I was involved in a lot of different student organizations. I was active in the community. And it took uh, mentors like Donna Samt, who was our uh, our senior associate AD for compliance and student life, um, who saw things in me that I have yet to be that I have yet to see. So she helped groom and mentor me through my undergraduate days. And then when I started working as a temp in admissions, um, she kept in touch and then uh, they created the life skills program in 2005. And they reached out to me to see if I'd be interested. So um, I didn't know what life skills was. I received these uh, documents and uh, a lot of websites on the NCAA champs life skills program and model. And then I went to my first conference in, uh, I want to say February of 2006, where I got to meet some phenomenal lifelong friends first. And colleagues, second, um, people like Raina um, Rena Gilbert with uh, Virginia Tech, Shamari Brown, who's with the ACC uh, conference, uh, Mike Pichitelli, who's at Wake Forest, who's uh, in development. Um, you know, I got to meet some phenomenal people uh, who helped groom me, uh, and the journey's just been uh, step by step and uh, really enjoyable into getting to where we are now. So very fortunate.
0: Absolutely. So obviously we've, we've come a long way, not only since 2005, but since the champs life skills days, right? we moved into kind of this student athlete development phase of, of, or era of, of the field, if you will. Um, so talk to me a little bit about, you know, your student athlete development philosophy, what drives it?
1: Great question. No, here at Pitt, we have a three-step approach in our philosophy. First and foremost, our mission. What's our mission? Our mission is to help prepare our student-athletes for success today and success tomorrow in any aspect of their life. So for us, if that's where we want to get to, we need to make sure we have the steps in place when we're helping our student-athletes. And our three-step approach is, first, we want to meet our student-athletes where they are. That means building a relationship with them. We already recognize that sports and academics are already important in their lives or else they wouldn't be here on recruiting visits or pursuing their education or getting ready to compete. Those two elements are already in place. The third space is in their entire development, their holistic approach. So that's the space where we'd love to live, interact, engage, support, and identify barriers challenges. Um, So first step, meet you where you are. From there, we want to take it to another space where we want to help you identify where you want to go. What are your goals? What are your dreams? What are your aspirations? What are the barriers? What are the challenges? So if this is where you want to go, but we're right here, we got to at least have a vision of where that is. So then the third step is to again start where you are and to help you build the plan to get there though that's our three-step approach and we use a multitude of ways from personalized educations where we've developed our 10 staff team life skills staff into life skills advisors where we support one-on-one specific teams so for example i have one-third of the football team as part of my portfolio as well as men's and women's basketball, where I work with them individually. We still have your standard practice of what we do in student athlete development, where we also host our workshops, our programs, SAC. Um, and we um, developed a course with our mental health team and partnered with our school of education. So those are the three key methods one-on-one, workshop and um, special topics, and then also through our course.
0: Awesome. So you shared just now a little bit about what's going on at Pitt, um, but I would love to to get even further into that, you know, outside of of just the the philosophy and and kind of the structure of the programming. So tell me about the pillars of the program. You know, what is it built upon? Is career development more important? Is it community that's more important? Um, You know, what does it look like? Are you serving just the student athletes, the staff? Is it both Walk me through what's going on at Pitt.
1: Great question and uh, happy to share. So for us, we do have pillars. Our three pillars are student-athlete development, the holistic side of what our our student-athletes are engaged under in in what we're already accustomed to in student-athlete development. Another pillar is called Panthers to Pros, which is where our mentorship program lies. Okay. And this is where we really have been putting a stronger emphasis on helping, our, helping to match our student athletes with a mentor, either who is an alum or uh, partners in the community. But we want to make sure that we align them with the career space that our student athletes are interested in. And then the third area or our third pillar is through our varsity letter club. And our alumni, who we call "Forever Panthers," once a Panther, forever a Panther. Um, so those are our three pillars that we focus on, and how we operate on a day to day really is has to be a team unit. You know, we we have a nickname in our department. Um, Heather, like our athletic director, uh, she always chuckles when she hears this, but we call ourselves Team Dominate mm. because there's a task. There's always a challenge and our mindset is to dominate those tasks and those challenges. Um, And we got to have the right people. And we've been very fortunate to have such a great team of of professionals and just caring souls. So on our day to day, you know, we also um, adopted elements of the NIL um, process. Yes. Right. Uh, We created a program called Forged Here where it's collaborations between our business school at Pitt, our Center for Innovation and Excellence, Entrepreneurial Excellence, our compliance office, our licensing partners, our general counsel. I mean, we have a multifaceted approach on how we are engaging in this space and just being very transparent. This is all uncharted waters. You know, um, we're learning a lot as we're navigating, um, but the key is we're we got to step into it with our student athletes or um, there's too much at a state. You know, we, we want to make sure our student athletes are, are off to a, a great start and also not being taken advantage of. We also want to make sure that uh, we're following laws because laws are not in every state right. <laughs> that we know of. Um, and then also being very conscious of the processes to get to um, points of success. So
0: yeah. you You've had, what, several years? I mean, we talked about it from the beginning, right? So the the 2005, the Champs Life Skills, all the way up into the space we're in now with NIL and, and so, so, so many other things that are just completely changing the landscape of really of college athletics, as we know it, not just student athlete development, but kind of changing the whole landscape. So I would love to hear, you know, from you as somebody who's been there for 23 years, uh, from student athlete all the way to where you're at now, what are some of the best practices that you have discovered, you know, in your time at Pitt?
1: You know, um, the one thing I first will say is the thing I love most about our industry, is the true fellowship, bond, and support from our own colleagues across the country mm-hmm. at all divisions. Now, I think of, of, um, of people like Gene Boyd who are just, you know, pillars of this space, you know, trailblazers. Now, I think of Kim at Washington who's just mm-hmm. amazing. Kim Yad at Oregon. Um, state, Oregon state, sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, and I just, I just am so appreciative of how they help set a standard of openness and collaborations. And then I look at our own colleagues like Mark Trumbo at Syracuse. And I already mentioned um, Raina at Virginia Tech and Cricket Lane at, at North, North Carolina. And we share openly because the main mission for all of us are our student athletes, mm-hmm. no matter what jersey they wear. Right. So first right. and foremost, the best practice that we utilize is the same one that we all utilize. That's each other. Yep. We can lean on each other. We can guide each other. And, um, you know, I just had a really great conversation with one of my colleagues um, at Penn State, Keith Embrey, one of my dearest friends. He's been at multiple institutions. And now he's um, literally on the, in the middle of the state from where I am. And we talk regularly about um, trends and, and and things we're all facing. So the, some of those best practices come from each other. And the one that I will say we utilize more than anything, and I think this can be across the board of all of our colleagues, is that personal touch. We keep the human element in a space where business is heavy, especially when you're at a power five institution yep. where there are conference stations, where scheduling is, is dictated by, um, by channels, right? So for us, making sure our student athletes know and understand we see them, we hear them, we're also gonna challenge them in other ways as people. So uh, I think that's probably one of the the two best practices I can think of is to one, lean on each other as as colleagues and, and fellow practitioners and friends. And then the second one is keeping the human element into what we do every day. You know, why we do what we do for our student athletes.
0: Absolutely. That, that human element, I think too, is so important when we think about just the relational context of student athlete development, right? Had a couple conversations with colleagues earlier in the week and, and, just talking about, you know, I think it was even Tori who mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we don't want student athletes to show up to events and think, oh, we're going to a career, you know, event. We don't really know. No, we're going to see Tori and Anthony and the rest of the staff at Clemson, right? We're going to hang Mm -hmm. out with them. And this, you know, training and education that we're getting really is just a perk and a bonus there. So that's, that is a great point. It's, it's really all about relationships and, and fostering those connections and in beyond, especially as, you know, alumni is such a huge aspect of, of, what you're, you're doing as well. So, uh, in thinking about that in thinking about alumni, let's think about the future. So mm-hmm. what is the next big thing that's, that's happening at Pitt?
1: Ooh, well, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, um, one, I think, is I think it's, it's really trying to identify what are the best methods and, um, methods and spaces to help ensure that we truly are being one proactive in helping our student athletes prepare for the next phase in life, both in the now and the next phase. The thing that that we keep recognizing is that time is dwindling in a lot of different areas. Time is student athletes, Time, as in um, what's available to even participate and engage in anything. Um, so we're trying to be more fluid in how we how we interact. So right now we're we're really trying to identify the intersectionalities of topics and deliverables. So for example, when we are focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and we can incorporate. Um, topics where they would be able to work fluidly in spaces that already exist, like a leadership academy or financial literacy, or um, you're working on career preparations. How are we incorporating all all of these areas and topics into a very refined amount of time and space? But most importantly, how are we being consistent with each other? So we could be in the food court eating, and a student athlete can pass by, right there is a moment and an opportunity to engage. Are we prepared to do so and take the conversation into so many different levels that it's going to be fruitful for them moving forward? So we're kind of in this, uh, what I would say is a fun, creative, outside the box thinking. And it's almost like having a whole, just uh, tool shed on you and getting ready to use whatever you need at the moment's notice. It can be challenging. It can be very overwhelming. So we're trying to be very delicate and conscious on how we navigate into this space. So um, our our one barrier and challenge is over-programming. So we really have been trying to emphasize not to over-program, but at the same time, understand the balance of also not giving too much um, space to where either relationships dwindle or trust or time moves fast. So if that all makes sense, I feel like I kind of just no. started out a bunch of things.
0: You're good. You're good. No, I, I just was having a conversation with somebody earlier today about kind of the, the pre-COVID um, look at programming and relationships and, you know, the connections that you had and what that looks like now, right? The student-athletes have been you know, maybe they were home for a few months or over the summer in 2020, kind of started to to get back to some kind of routine, but a lot of that was virtual, right? So whereas, you know, maybe I had to go to practice as as Taylor the volleyball player, but then I'm going back home and I'm having class and meetings and everything else over Zoom. So I think, you know, the time management piece of it is is important now, but it is that tightrope of figuring out, okay, what what do they need? What do they want, right? From a programming standpoint. So have you found any um, you know, I know, I know you mentioned you got your tool shed and that it can be overwhelming at times, but, but what have you found to be that, that balance at Pitt? I mean, is it, you know, are you kind of doing a hybrid with, with some virtual, some in-person have you tried to shift back to mostly in-person what's it looking like right now?
1: So we, we actually launched our first in-person event since COVID started, um, in early October and it was our career networking night. And what we found is that we had tremendous success in a higher percentage of students than the previous two years. Wow. As well as with our networkers, the virtual career networking night was very difficult for us to navigate because that laxed approach, even in this digital space was still present. So we still have a lot to do there and, and help, help our, uh, our entire space of, of, um, navigating that. But when we got back to the in-person, I think our student athletes missed that so much. They come in our offices more frequently. They're, uh, they're being more proactive with all staff members on, in the athletic department, not just the ones who were always here for them, um, speaking with them. Um, and then, the hybrid part of the virtuals, what we're trying to do is be more intentional on not inundating them with so many programs, workshops, um, but now we're looking at doing team menus. So it's almost like, uh, if you, I don't know if you'll recall, early in the um, stages of student athlete development, you there were kind of like these dominant styles approaches. You either had a lot of workshops, or you had a class or you had um, team by team approaches. We are literally trying all of them and trying to blend them to meet every student athlete and team where they are. The key for me is, as, as the leader of our spaces, making sure I'm not burning out my team, mm-hmm. providing the grace and space to allow them to to be excellent in what they do and also make sure I can also challenge them to not overdo it because sometimes people think it's, hey, I got to do all these things. Sometimes our our own staff want to do these things, but it takes the leadership to say, hey, let's pull back. I don't want to see you today. (laughs) Go home. Go, go breathe. Um, I'll share with you, you know, my own personal philosophies of, you know, we hear the term work-life balance a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you ever try to balance on one leg, you realize it fatigues, then you shift to the other ones, and it's fatigues. What I believe in is work-life flow. Our industry is, is fluid, right? There's in-season, post-season, there's summer, there's spring, there's winter. So we're always going to hit a peak, then we're always going to hit a valley, right? How do we manage those? So I try to make sure I help our our team as much as our student athletes identify, all right, you're gonna go hard for this midterm, or you're gonna go hard because you got a postseason coming up. Then what are you gonna do when that's done? Plan ahead.
0: Right. We that's that's very um um I don't know if indicative is the right word, but that's what I'm gonna use. It's indicative, you know, of your student athlete past, right? Like you're yeah. in the middle of the game when you get to that third quarter, fourth quarter you know that you're already maxed out from what you've been doing, but you have to keep going. You don't have, you don't have a choice for me, volleyball, you know, the, the third set, maybe fourth yeah. set depending. Um, but I think that's a great way to think about it. Right. There is no, there is no perfect balance. Um, And when I was a student athlete, it's, it's funny that that work-life balance is such a, a big thing. Now we spent a lot of time, uh, one of my years, I couldn't tell you which one at this point, but talking about, you know, one of our core values was going to be balance or was it going to be healthy balance or should it just be health? And so I think those kind of things, they all mean different things to different people. Right. And so just having that awareness of, okay, I'm, you know, I have to figure out what's going to, what's going to work for me, what's going to work for the student athletes and where is kind of the, the middle of the Venn diagram of the sweet spot of, of trying to make that work. So that is a, that is a great point. All right. So last question I have for you, I saved the, I saved the best one for last um, as, as I discussed with Maya last week, but um, what do you think the field student athlete development, student athlete development as a field? So, you know, obviously, again, we've talked about it from the very beginning up until this point, let's go even further five years from now. What does it look like?
1: Five years from now, what does student athlete development look like? Well, so many factors to take into account, right? If we were to live in this utopian space of how we can lead student athlete development five years from now, what I think is um, a higher volume of practitioners going into this field that are going to be even more well-trained and prepared, not to say we aren't now, but There's a generation of us who were in there on the front end attempting, trying, you know, uh, new things. But now we've existed for so long. Mm -hmm. There's strong research, there are um, best practices, our own professional um, organizations. There's so much more to gain preparing to go into this field um, that. Under our our own ownerships, I see innovation, progression, and um, tremendous things happening. The realist in me is um, interested to see how this NCAA shakeup happens, Mm -hmm. these legal cases that are in play. The business side of our industry is at the forefront. Yeah. We live in the developmental side of the human side of the support of what we do. And the realist in me also recognizes that in order for everything to exist, that financial business model has to exist in a specific framework. And key areas like student athlete development has to be at a high priority in order to create that forward vision of progression, innovation, and tremendous support. So I'll pause there and say that keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. Um, not for my own well-being, but truly for the sake of our industry, our fellow practitioners, in our, in, in our student athletes. I wanna make sure that there are things in place. I, we wanna make sure that support, student athlete development, academic support, resources are still in place to help student athletes prepare for today and tomorrow, no matter what the college athletics landscape looks like. Sure.
0: I lied to you Penny. I said there that was going to be the last question but you just prompted oh, a, a different one you prompted a different one. so as we're thinking about you know the future of the field and, and everything that's going on right now um, specifically with the legalities of, of the NCAA, do you think that NIL and the legislation that's come down and, and the inevitable, you know, changes that we're going to see in the next few years to that? Cause that's what happens when you, when you launch something new, it shifts and changes over mm-hmm. the years and evolves to the needs. Do you think that NIL and that legislation um, helps or hurts student athlete development? And those are obviously the, the stark ends of, of the spectrum, but I think, for me, it's easy to see kind of both sides, where it could be something that gives student athlete development teeth. It could also be something that eliminates student athlete development in some capacity. So I'm curious to know your perspective on that.
1: Oh, wow. What a great question. Um, all your questions have been great, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, probably the, the biggest challenge, I think, with NIL is... Um, we in athletics always talk about an even playing field, right? Mm -hmm. Well, right now with NIL, there isn't one, right? Not state by state, not institution by institution. So one, how can we make it an equitable or equal, actually equal playing field, right? Like there needs to be a federal legislation passed so we can at least be starting at the same space from there. Sky's the limit for our student athletes, right? Mm -hmm. But From our space, I think we do have a more risk adverse approach from an institutional standpoint, which I recognize and understand. We cannot be a part of making decisions on behalf of our student athletes. Um, But we as practitioners have always been in the space of helping our student athletes in all aspects of life. Right now with NIL, we can only go so far, right? Right. We can't give them legal advice or advice because it will be perceived as legal advice. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We have to be able to at least help guide our student athletes either to decision-making skills, but then also be realistic on on the, the barriers they face and be prepared to help them identify that. Because if we just say, for example, it's dark on that other side. Well, they see it's dark. What they probably might want to see is to say, all right, well, you got a flashlight. Well, if you're going to use that flashlight to walk through that darkness, that's going to help benefit you. Then I can't give you a flashlight. But what I could tell you is you need a flashlight, mm. right? Right. <laughs> you got to be able to give them the tools beyond telling them what the tools are. Right. So,
0: yeah. It's Makes
1: sense. I, that was a real random <laughs> analogy. That
0: I liked it. <laughs> it's we're we're uh, well at the time we're recording this. We're close to to Halloween. We'll be past that by the time it comes out. But spooky season. So flashlights are you know they're out there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, Penny, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Um, it was great to finally formally meet you. Like I said, you know, before we we jumped on, we've been kind of uh, running in, in parallel circles, I feel like, for a little while now. So great to finally connect. Um, great to talk to you about your, your student-athlete development philosophy and, and all the wonderful things that are, that are happening at Pitt.
1: Pleasure is all mine, Taylor. Thank you so very much for the opportunity. Absolutely. All right. Take care.
0: If you enjoyed our conversation today, please let us know, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can check back in next week as we interview another industry leader in student athlete development. And don't forget, your
1: journey has power.